0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I have a very special guest for you. His name is Joe McNally. He's worked for the National Geographic for over 25 years, and his work is just generally very, very well-known. I had the honor of talking to him about his work, the advice he would give to journalists, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Great Big Photography World podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Thank you for the invite. I'm a freelance photographer. That's the simplest description, but I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I was the last staff photographer at Life Magazine, and I worked for the National Geographic for 25 years. I've done a number of photography books, and the latest one is called The Real Deal, field notes from the life of a working photographer. And I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about is the life of a photographer. Would that be right, Taya?
0: That's correct, Joe. Yes. And congratulations on publishing your new book. I would love to find out more about it and the inspiration behind the concept.
1: Okay. Sounds good. I can respond to that and and tee off or do you have any specific questions uh, to throw at me?
0: You can just talk about anything that makes you happy about the book and uh, just the general inspiration that compelled you to write it and to compile all those photos for it.
1: Sure. Well, I was first and foremost educated as a writer. I mean, I went to school to become a writer and I diverted into photography. So I have embraced the notion of writing books and my blog, et cetera, uh, as time has gone on. And I've been in the the business, if you will, or the the um, that niche where you tell stories for a living. Photojournalist uh, is sometimes referred to, or, or the adjective that um, describes what I do and many others. And that is really what the book is about. It's about the life of being a visual reporter. And the beautiful thing about being a photographer is uh, you still have to go places to do it. And that sounds... Naively simple and you know almost foolish thing to say, but you know a lot of um, reporters, for instance, written reporters do a lot of their job on the phone. Uh, whereas photographers, we still have to go. You see it now at the Ukraine. You know there's photographers there on the front lines because they have to bear witness. They have to see what's going on, to faithfully record it and inform the rest of us. So that's what this book is about. Is it's about uh, a life carrying a camera. I've been to nearly 70 countries. And at the end of the day, you know, all other labels aside, I think that probably the best one is um, a storyteller. That's what we do. We tell, hopefully, good stories.
0: That's right. Uh, It's a wonderful description. You've had such an incredible journey as a photographer. As you mentioned, you've been to over 70 countries. I mean, there's so much that you've achieved and so many things that you've learned from And what I like about your book is that it doesn't just highlight your best experiences and accomplishments. You also focus on the mistakes you've made and you reflect on how you could have done things a little bit differently, maybe, or how you could have improved certain shoots. I'm curious to know, do you have any advice for photographers who are trying to manage their egos and also own up to their mistakes and also equally appreciate the work that they've done?
1: Sure. I mean you know i kind of there's a chapter in in the book it's towards the end it's called on on being iconic and remembered that's the title and my first line in that chapter is be at peace it's not up to you so that's the thing you know there is a lot of spin that occurs in and amongst photographers about and that centers on reputation ego accomplishment etc and none of that is to be denied or shied away from. You know, there are photographers who are formidable in their skills and their abilities, and own up to that, embrace it, and realize it's a wonderful gift to have. And because uh, you are good with a camera, chances are you've been allowed into worlds that most people would get shut off from. You know, I've I've flown with the Blue Angels twice. Um, I've been shot on and off aircraft carriers. I've you know bounced around in all manner of uh, fascinating and strange places. And I've also been a witness to excellence. I've been assigned to do portraits of very notable people, authors, actors, actresses, um, uh, medical, you know, geniuses, etc. Uh, you know, I've seen witnessed heart surgery, brain surgery, all these things that your average person, you know, only, you know, hears about, but because you are good with a camera, you are admitted. But at the same time, accept your frailties and your faults and your foibles. This is a very fragile thing to do. We are often operate at the whim of the world. You know, the the moods of our subjects, uh, the weather even, you know, can conspire against us. It's not a certain endeavor uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So accept the fact that you are going to get tripped up by that, accept the fact that you will fail and embrace those failures, actually. Learn from them, carry them with you. And if you do that, it'll help keep your feet on the ground, which is important for all photographers to remember.
0: That's right. And that's very good advice in general. A few months ago, I had an interview with a portrait photographer and he told me something that really opened my eyes. He said that failed photo shoots are even more valuable than... Successful photo shoots really changed my perspective on making mistakes as a photographer.
1: Absolutely. At the end of the day, not to be flip about it, it's really just a bunch of pixels. And you know, you take that, you know, the inconsistencies, the failures, the near misses and you just incorporate that and you allow it to inform you the next time you go into the field and hopefully you'll do better and use the information you derive from that quote unquote failure to, um, you know, orchestrate your next success.
0: That's right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the best perspective to have as a photographer. You earlier mentioned that it's important to tell good stories, to be a storyteller as a photographer. And in an interview with Capture One, you said that the essence of being a good photographer is to be a good storyteller. And that's just as difficult now as it was 50 years ago. How Mm -hmm. do you know if you've told a good story through your work?
1: That's a good question. You can feel it in your gut, you know first and foremost you know i think most photographers or many certainly i i do as well when i trip that shutter at a moment that i feel is crucial or significant i kind of know it there's a skip you know not to be lyrical about it but there's a skip you know in your heart or your head you know or elsewhere um depends on your anatomy i guess but the idea of a good photograph there is a surge, I think, uh, again, in your head and your heart where you're just like, oh, yeah, that's, I'm getting here. I'm, you know, uh, I'm getting to the heart of the matter. And that's a picture that I needed. And that's a picture I came for. That is a powerful stuff that is all internal. Beyond that, you know, people responding to your story, what you, you want is reaction you know, and Eddie Adams, who was a very famous photojournalist, um, always said that the best pictures are the ones that reach right into your ribcage and rip your heart out, which is powerful language. Uh, Carl Myadans, who was a uh, marvelous photographer with Life Magazine and a mentor to me, always said that the camera is the greatest force for social change in history, which again is a powerful statement. But when you think about it, it's really true. And you pretty much know that because if you do a good story and make good photographs that involve people, there's a reverberation there and people will pay attention. This is a visually oversaturated world, right? We're super busy. So what our job increasingly in this highly, you know, this fast paced visual world of ours is to get somebody to stop and think and react and cry or laugh, or pause, or redirect, or lose a night's sleep, or think about things. That's really the achievement of a good story. It's like a good meal. It sticks to your ribs.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a really profound answer. And you're right. It's important to be able to express yourself through your work. And if you can affect someone that way, they can feel that Somebody reached out into their ribcage and ripped their heart out by looking at your photographs. I mean, that says a lot about you as a photographer.
1: Well, sure. Again, and just to refer to, you know, uh, what is going on now, the photographers on the front lines in the Ukraine, uh, Lindsay Adario, who uh, is, is a friend and a colleague, made a picture just the other day, which has riveted the world. And, you know, it's a terrible photograph in the sense of what it depicts, Um, civilians who have been slain by Russian troops. And that's the kind of picture that the public uh, needs to see, you know, because war is an evil and it's horrible. And photographers are out there in the midst of it at great risk to themselves and bringing back those images, which then causes the world to react. So that's been true throughout history. Um, My memory is fixed in still images. If I go back over my life and times and I think about moments of epic stature, moments where the world changed, significant events, I more than likely come up with a still photograph that's associated with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think since you've taken, I mean, I don't know how many photographs you've taken in your life, but when you look back on those moments, then it brings you right back to the situation that you were in, right? And it, you can visualize what you, what it was the situation was like and maybe how you felt while you were taking the photographs. Is there a particular image that stands out to you right now?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them. I mean, you know, Maybe adhering to kind of the historical bent that we, um, you know, that or, or we've been discussing, you know, the importance of photography. There's a photographer named Nick Ut. He worked for the Associated Press, and um, he was uh, on assignment in Vietnam during the Vietnam War and the United States presence in Vietnam. And there's a riveting photograph that is very famous of a young girl running down the road, horribly burned with napalm. That is, she became known as the, the napalm girl. And many years later, I photographed her. Uh, and she is an incredibly lovely person. She survived her wounds. Actually, Nick helped save her life. And her name is Kim Phuc. And she lectures and and travels the world now as an emissary for peace and understanding but I had to historically connect the events. And so I was very honest with Kim when I met her, as I say, she's a lovely person. I said, Kim, I really have to see your scars. Um, And she was nursing her baby at the time. He's all grown up now, but Thomas. And so I made this photograph of Thomas uh, on his mom's shoulder, which is horribly burned. And there's a connection there between the events of her life and the fact that her terribly scarred body produced this beautiful new baby and life goes on. So things like that, when you connect those dots, that is a way of telling a good story.
0: I saw that photograph on your Instagram page and that's actually one of the pictures that really stood out to me from your portfolio, the the roughness of the, the skin texture and the frailty of of human nature and seeing the baby, there's just this beautiful harmony in the image. And uh, I really appreciate how much depth you put into all of your photographs. You really think through the stories of of your models and you, you just put a lot of care and thought into every photograph. I think it shows just how experienced and talented and thoughtful you are as both a person and a photographer. Just wanted to put that out there that I appreciate your work.
1: That's very kind of you to say, I appreciate that. It is a process, you know, it is a process as you're a photographer, you know, you've got to, you know, your pages up on, you know, 500 pixels, et cetera, and you've made love, some lovely photographs. Um, you're also in front of the camera a fair amount, time. Uh, I see, uh, you know, that, that you are, but um, anyone who endeavors, anyone who puts their eye into a camera with serious intent, you know, knows this, knows that it's a challenge, knows that success is not guaranteed. Knows that uh, oftentimes you come back from the field shaking your head and saying to yourself, I should have done better. You know, that's part of, I think, I don't know, you could call it a burden or the stone we carry around all the time that may be kind of the price we pay for doing this wonderful thing of being a visual storyteller.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk more about that, about that feeling of, of that burden and also feeling like maybe sometimes you want to give up because of a failure that was particularly bad or because you don't feel like you're deserving as a photographer, whatever the reason, when was the last time you felt like this and how did you overcome that feeling?
1: Um, feeling badly about having what I did in the field or, or the feeling like that I had failed
0: Yes, yes. Any sort of negative emotion that you had about photography that potentially compelled you to put your camera down for a few days or just something that discouraged you?
1: Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) That could be a whole other book, (laughs) Ty. You know, well, I do account or recount a bit of those experiences in the book where I reflect on what I did poorly. I don't think anything has ever made me kind of say, "Oh, I have to, uh, I have to put the camera down now." This is just, you know, terrible. It's gone off the rails, and um, I shouldn't be doing this. I, I don't think that's ever uh, been a. I, I've certainly gotten frustrated and thrown up my hands, you know, shouted at the rain, et cetera. Um, there's times where I get very discouraged, but that mostly gets driven by the business aspects of this and the fact that it's economically difficult, let me put it that way, uh, to monetize as a photographer, to stay afloat and to be actually acknowledged and paid what you are worth. Uh, that can be a struggle sometimes. Clients um, uh, can occasionally be a vexation to be sure. So there are there's that element of frustration sort of in the background. But I think I always tell young photographers, you have to build kind of a fortress around your photographic soul. And you don't let anybody in there who will destroy your love of doing this. That is very important because there will be many who will try. There'll be people who tell you, no, you can't do this. You can't stand here. You I, you can't have a credential. You can't gain access. And then there'll be publications who will think less of what you have done than you might think of it or treat the work badly, you know, take something, crop it, take, take a story that you've done that you feel strongly about and not even use it. All those things can conspire to present a discouraging scenario. So what you have to do is survive all that and you have to um, just retain your basic love of photography. No matter how difficult or, um, you know, discouraging the set of circumstances that you find yourself in, you have to um, keep picking up the camera.
0: Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Yeah, it's solid advice, and it's something that I try to remind myself every time I feel discouraged because of you know a business opportunity or even just a failed photo shoot. It's something that every photographer can relate to, I'm sure, so I'm sure that the listeners are uh, very encouraged by your advice, and it's it's good to hear this because we often do focus on you know, taking care of ourselves financially, making sure that we stay afloat, and that's an important part of life. But if you love something so much that it gives you joy, if it's photography, then you have to make sure that you protect that as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's important to balance both things. That's not always easy, but it's uh, it's good to keep this in mind. Yeah.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you can just say, hey, man, what am I doing here? You know, that kind of thing can happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to be real with yourself, especially when you're struggling with something. Uh, But yeah, so you are also a Nikon ambassador. So I'm curious to know what kind of
1: camera equipment do you use? Well, yeah, I am a Nikon uh, ambassador and I use Nikon gear relentlessly. I bought my first Nikon camera. This is going to horrify you, Taya. Um, I bought my first Nikon camera in 1973. (laughs) That is a long time ago, uh, well before you were born. Um, I was a knicker mat with a 50 millimeter lens. And now, of course, we find ourselves at the Z9, which is, you know, a bundle of ridiculously amazing uh, technology, to be sure. Um, You know, again, ups and downs, but also I've seen a lot of the amazing and astonishing developments in the technology we have access to. And the world of a photographer has been altered uh, tremendously, but also the possibilities of a photographer uh, out there in the field have been dramatically enhanced by the presence of a lot of this technology. So yes, I am a Nikon shooter. I've followed that track for many years and currently shooting Uh, There are new cameras, the Z9, and um, it's, uh, you know, an ongoing thing. What can I say? Okay.
0: Creating a photography book takes a lot of work and patience. Do you have any tips for photographers who want to create their first book but don't know where to start?
1: Yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, It is, it's especially hard for me because I'm a field person and uh, not so much a computer desk person. So for me to screw myself into a chair and have the discipline to stick with a book, that's a lot of work. Um, and uh, similarly, I mean, in terms of advice or or caution, <laughs> you, might, you might say, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for, because it is, it kind of gets exponential. You think maybe I have a framework for this book, and then there's divergent paths that occur you know you start to write about something and you come up with new ideas or uh, a different path etc so um, understand it's a process understand you have to be patient and don't be satisfied with your first draft I had my first chapter in the book I had that written and rewritten in my head and writing it again and altering the timeline the first chapter probably was two years but it Provided the gateway, it opened the door where the rest of the book launched from. Uh, I don't know if that's an exactly appropriate analogy, but it provided a base in my head of where things started. And that gave me uh, the fortitude and the discipline to go forward and keep writing.
0: Right. Yeah. Just having a general outline of a book that you would like to write is motivating enough, I think, if you don't have anything and might seem really intimidating, especially if it's your first time.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it, and it's, it, it can be daunting. You know, I mean, it's just so much work because it's very solitary work, right? When you go out on location as a photographer, we're used to like, oh, yeah, interaction, you know, people, a place, a sporting event, a life, you know, around us that we can react to. Um, the writing of a book is a pre solitary process.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. It takes a lot of patience. It must have been very fulfilling and satisfying for you to finally finish creating that photography book, right?
1: Yes, it, it was. Uh, in particular, because I have a very strong relationship with the publisher, Rocky Nook, and the editor, my my direct editor, Ted Waite, is uh, a very dear friend. And uh when he would, you know, he would edit, you know, and he would like react to things and it wasn't always positive. But when he would come back and say, man, that's really good writing, that gave me a sense of accomplishment and helped me continue to apply the strength I needed to sort of finish, you know?
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's important to have a good team of people when you're creating a photography book who can, you know, give you encouragement and constructive criticism criticism at the right time.
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: What are three technical tips that every photographer should know? Uh, Well, it's not,
1: uh, this is not a particularly technical thing, but one thing you should kind of keep in the back of your head is that there's many different ways to do a particular photo assignment. Uh, And always remember that you don't necessarily have, or you haven't necessarily embraced the best way right away. So it's very important and again, that's not an f-stop, you know, sort of shutter speed technical response here. But you always, I think, on location, one thing that is paramount is to retain uh, mobility and a improvisational mindset, so that you don't hesitate to take a look at a situation, realize, eh, you know, this is going off the rails a bit, and have the ability to regroup. Photography is a very definitive, uh, definitively improvisational endeavor. When you're in the field, you have to be able to turn on a dime. And that's uh, a very important thing to remember. Don't get locked in and retain not only clarity of thought, the ability to improvise, but also realize that um, you have to stay, I always use the term, uh, physically and mentally nimble. So if you're shooting from one angle with a 200 millimeter lens, take a look at what it might look like with a 14 millimeter lens, or flip 180 degrees and look at the scene from an entirely different perspective. So in other words, don't just bang the tripod down and stick with it. Art directors, you know, publications—the last thing they want to see from you is um, you know, 300 frames shot from the same perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Always remember that eye level and middle distance is a one-way ticket to boring photographs. So again, that relates to being physically nimble. Lay down on the ground, climb a ladder, go to the top of a building. Think of whatever you encounter out there in the field as a story that you're doing for that day. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from an editor was view the story like you would view peeling an onion. You just keep pulling layers and layers back until you get to the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. So you think entire to detail and then you start to pull back layers. So you get up on top of a building, say if you're covering, I don't know, a street demonstration or a a protest march or a parade or something like that, you have to show the viewer who's not there with you, always remember that, you know, you're someone else's eyes, and that's a big responsibility. So you get on top of a building and you shoot the whole scene. How many people are there? Thousands in the streets. Okay, so you get that establishing picture. Then you get down on the street, and what's the next thing you're looking for? Energy, color, uh, the the marchers, uh, the what they, the signs that they might be holding, or the the band. What are what instruments are they playing? And then you get even closer. The reflections off those instruments. The color of the uniforms. Uh, The reaction of little kids in the crowd who might be uh, joyously, you know, uh, taking a look at the parade floats or the clowns or something like that, human interaction. So you just keep drilling, drilling, drilling till you get, you know, at the end of the day, you've covered or presented a complete story of that day.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a really great piece of advice. And it's not something that I think about often. You're right. I mean, Sometimes during my photo shoots, I'll just put my tripod in one place and I'll just shoot from there. And if something doesn't work out, I'm just like, oh no, I'll try again another time. But it's good to be mentally and physically nimble. As you said, I think that'll give you the absolute best results. And it shows in your work as well. You you experiment with different angles and perspectives and techniques. It's very clear in your work and it's very inspiring to see.
1: Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, I know it's one of the things I grew up with uh, photographically is a sense of um doing lots of different things Uh, having a variety of approaches to a variety of subject matters you know i'm a general or historically speaking i've been a, a generalist a you know i've done um celebrity work i've done politics i've done sports i've done uh medicine and technology i've done culture and the arts I've shot dance, et cetera, et cetera. All of that uh, just has added up into this kind of, you know, I don't know, I call it the kitchen sink of a career. Everything's in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting description. I've never heard of that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I have one more question for you. And that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world?
1: Uh, Well, I'd, I'd like to be able to look back on a career as a, as a sen- with a sense of achievement and realize that, A, I did uh, editorially seaworthy work that, uh, and I continue to do that. Here's the thing. The technology of the cameras is such that you can get yourself a pretty fancy digital camera, put it on program, go out into the street, and the camera's going to do a pretty good job. And you're going to look at those pictures and say, hmm, wow, I'm pretty good at this, (laughs) you know, uh, which is a premature assessment. So anybody can take a good photograph at this point, even a few. But turning in a very substantial body of work that people pay attention to and people uh, are moved by year after year, doing that year after year is a very, very difficult thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think what uh, would be a sense of accomplishment that I would look back on is that I was durable. You know, I stayed in the game. The easiest thing to do, as we all know, is to stand on the sidelines and comment or uh, disparage those who are actually out there playing the game. Mm -hmm. So you have to get into this. You have to get your your hands and your elbows dirty. You know, uh, you have to get bloodied. You have to uh, stay the course. You have to survive the financial difficulties, the physical difficulties, uh, because the passion that you have for this, the sheer love of doing it, you know, sustains you through those difficult times. So, yes, I'd like to, you know, as a a sense of achievement, that I did good work and I did it, you know, over a period of time and uh, stayed the course and gained along the way the respect of my peers.
0: You're, you have such a, an incredible portfolio of work, so I have no doubt that you will continue taking photographs that touch people's hearts and that uh, compel them to think differently about the world. Joe McNally, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had so much fun finding out about your amazing work, and I wish you all the very best with your future endeavors.
1: Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I was honored to be asked. and. Uh... Uh, stay with it. You've got some good work yourself. You know, Uh, I know you're a a young photographer relative to me, but then again, everybody's young relative to me at this point. (laughs) So, um, So keep with it.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Great big photography world wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return, for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. It was such an honor to have Joe on the podcast. I'm very grateful for his time, and I hope that you learned something new from this interview. It's always great to connect with photographers around the world, And it's always a pleasure to connect with people who have a lot of experience as photographers who are very successful in the industry. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography.